Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod save the Queen! Welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm joined once again by... I nearly said Queen Victoria then. That's oh. what she is on Twitter. <laughs> Victoria Murphy, the Daily Mirror's Hi. royal correspondent. And we also have Amber Grafland back with us, fashion director. You may have caught her previously on our review of the year. Hello. And we're joined for the first time by Danielle Stacey, another of our Mirror colleagues, who is the chief curator of all of Kate and Megan's outfits. Hello. So, as you have probably guessed, there will be a fashion theme to this episode. We'll be focusing on what Megan has been wearing and what she might wear on the big day, her big day on May the 19th, when she walks down the aisle to marry Prince Harry. We'll be bringing you a roundup of the royal headlines later on as well, including some of the Hindu and Stagdu rumours. And we'll also be featuring our first royal fan of the week. After we've started to get some emails from you, our listeners, you can always email us at podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com. So do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. But first, Megan, Megan's outfits, um, stepping into the spotlight as a royal. She's made a few different appearances now, worn a few different kinds of things. We've started to gauge what she might be like, how she looks. We know she takes a good picture. That Hollywood practice has helped, but it must have been daunting, stepping out for the first time as Prince Harry's fiance, your first step as a royal, and you're going to be judged partly on what you say and how you act, but also on what you're wearing. And how did she do, Amber? Well, I think it's interesting with Meghan because she's not learning on the job, is she? Of course, a lot of thought would have gone into that outfit on the day they announced their engagement. But she has the advantage that she is a, a personality in her own right. She's appeared on the red carpet. She's she's honed her, her fashion style, if you like. And she really does know what looks good in a picture. And I think it's very different getting dressed in the morning thinking that you look nice in your outfit. It's a completely different ball game when you know you're going to be photographed and the eyes of the world are on you. And she has that advantage. So I think for her, it was probably easier than it would have been for, for Kate when she announced her engagement and the thought that, that the attention to detail that went into that outfit. I think Megan does have an advantage. What was it like being there? How did it come over in, in person, her outfit? Um, well, obviously it was you know, a hugely historical moment being in the Kensington Palace White Garden, which is obviously was planted in tribute to Diana, the 20th anniversary of her death. Um, 
And I think Meghan wore a white coat, and obviously um, a lot of people did suggest, and it's never been confirmed, but that she had made that decision as a kind of subtle tribute to Diana because the garden was planted with white flowers for Diana. Um, and it's very possible that that's the case. I think what struck me, actually, it was quite a chilly day when they came out. Um, and I think I think what struck me was actually, it was seemed like quite a casual outfit. Um, the coat was very plain, um, sort of, I'm no fashion export, but it had this kind of, you know, looked a bit like a raincoat to me. Um, and <laughs> it didn't have the perhaps the, the, the tailored lines that I'm perhaps quite used to seeing on some of the members of the royal family. But she loves a belted coat. Yeah. This is her thing. I Meghan loves belt. belted coats. And was... I think she was very much staying true to her own style. Yes. But I agree, it's a real departure from the outfits that we used to see in Kate wearing where they're much more figure-hugging and streamlined. Yeah. yeah, and she can experiment a bit more, can't, can't she? Whereas Kate, I think, you know, perhaps had someone on hand to advise her. Yeah, I think I think it actually showed a great deal of confidence on Meghan's part that she was able just to go with what she liked, what she knew, what she wanted to wear, something that was more on the casual side. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing with Kate, as we've said, when she started, was I think she would have been a lot more anxious and taking a lot more perhaps external advice whereas you do feel like Megan is, is she's honed her craft yeah, yeah. <laughs> she knows what she's doing she always looks absolutely amazing and I think that is years of having to look at photographs of yourself and being forced into that position where you you do you know, make different decisions and you do know what looks good to you to your eye is not necessarily going to look good on camera the one thing she does uh, do that's similar to Kate though is that she obviously represents um, brands from that you know that it's not a home country but obviously she lived in Canada for you know many years so she was wearing line the label um, but also she's got that um, she's been wearing British brands obviously you saw the Marks and Spencer jumper last week so I think she's mixing it up a bit like Kate did yeah, when, when she first got engaged from the yeah. maestro hasn't yeah, she throwing yeah. some high street names mixing yeah. a bit of designer because the, what she wears communicates a message and she's learnt that from Kate and yeah. so absolutely and the Canada link is something that they're very keen to promote with her because it's a very important Commonwealth country the Queen is head of state there yes. obviously um, William will be head of state there one day and so the fact that she has lived in Canada I think is something that they can really use to their advantage to make a lot of Canadians feel an extra link yep. with the royal family so I think that's one reason for her wearing um, Canadian labels yeah and she chose Canadian again when she went out in Nottingham is that right yes I believe it was a Mackage coat yeah. Um, but it's no different to what she was wearing before she got engaged. She's she had and the jacket that she wore the other week for the uh, Brixton visit that was a Smith jacket. She also owns that in another hue. So she's she's staying true to her to her original style. It's not something like we've seen something different. Uh, people that follow her, you know, her style from her career will know that. I think that's probably what people like about her. She hasn't suddenly stepped into this role and yeah. taken on a whole new persona. She is still Megan. She's still wearing all the things that she knows suits her. Yeah. And it's very much her style. I mean, we talk about her in the belted coat. Everybody knows that that's her style. Yeah. What's, which has been your favourite of her outfits so far? I did like the Joseph skirt in Yeah, Nottingham. I really like that yeah. because it's kind of on trend, the whole midi skirt and the big, the chunky boot. I thought as, as a fashion look, that was a strong look and I think she looked fabulous, but let's face it, she looks fabulous in absolutely everything yeah, she wears. Yeah. So Very Victoria Beckham, I thought, as yeah. well. Quite slouchy. Yeah, it kind of, yeah. It, it's a catwalk look, so you yeah. know, that's why I loved it. And she's worn Victoria Beckham. She wore a Victoria Beckham jumper for her engagement photo shoot. Yes. Um, 
which I think is interesting because I think it shows that she's not afraid to kind of champion maybe more sort of showbizy kind of side of things as well. Um, Kate's never worn anything by Victoria Beckham in public, as far as I'm aware. Do I you think, think maybe once. Oh, has she worn one once? I think she did wear a Victoria Beckham dress, but I could mm. be wrong. Possibly before she, you know, even got married. Actually. I think yeah. interviews... she's been really desperate for her to do that, actually, yeah. and she hasn't. And I thought it was interesting Megan kind of has, has done so, so soon. Yeah. In interviews, she's talked about the fact that she's a big fan of Victoria Beckham's designs, obviously, before we ever thought that she was going to be engaged to... Um, Prince Harry but she says that Victoria really understands a woman's body shape and she understands what looks good on the red carpet because obviously that's you know Victoria Beckham that's what she brings to her designs the fact that she is a public figure and she's talked about the fact that her designs really fit her body shape so that's why I think it's quite interesting to see what's going to happen come wedding dress yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Cherry on top of the cake. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> talk a bit more about the wedding dress options a little bit later. I just want to talk, a, ask you a bit more about the engagement photos first because we've talked a bit about Meghan's quite casual style and Marks and Spencer's look for Brixton and things. But those engagement photos were beautiful and super Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and then so. the price tag appeared on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those engagement pictures were really um, very different. I felt um, very kind of stylized, very Hollywood. I had comments, a lot of comments on my social media account, people saying they look like models advertising jewelry, and I, I could kind of see the point there um, that that person was making. It just had this very kind of modelly look to it, yeah. and I think because she's such an accomplished, um, she's so accomplished in front of the camera, she does come across as as a as a professional, really. Yes. Um, and I think those pictures very much showed that. Um, I think that they were a bit of a departure from what we usually see with the royal family. Um, and I think they did make a bit of a mistake in the fact that she wore a dress that it was later discovered had a £56,000 price tag. Now, oh. she didn't pay it. She didn't pay that. What we understand is that she bought the dress and she didn't, you know, we don't know what she paid, but she didn't pay anywhere near that. Of course, she is a self-made woman. She has money. She's been earning money as an actress. She'll have been used to... Um, spending that money on, on things that she wants that, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that however it, it is slightly different now because she is a member of the royal family um, she's going to be a member of the royal family and really they have to think very carefully about what they represent and completely unwittingly I think that was a bit of an error because you know there are people around the country whose living houses were worth that much and it's you know, it, it just looks very ostentatious, and I think that's something that the royal family have really pulled away from yes, to try and be I very agree. relatable. Um, and so, in a way, I kind of feel like their appearance in Brixton, with her wearing Marks and Spencers, you know, the ultimate high street brand, accessible to everyone, not glamorous at all. Sorry, Marks and Spencers, they probably won't let me say that. Second week, my view of Marks and Spencers. It's very funny, it felt like it was just all. A complete antidote to those engagement pictures. With Burberry trousers. Whether yeah. or not it was deliberate, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you think yeah. it was deliberate? As I well? wonder. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. But it uh, certainly. Um, I, I can't believe that no thought goes into these things. You I know? think yeah. it all goes back to her taking these style tips from Kate, and obviously it's something that Kate has been so good at. Yes. I think it's interesting that the high street brands that she chose are not high street brands that are go-to brands for Kate. So maybe, you know, in the future we'll see her going to, to labels that Kate doesn't wear on the high street. Maybe that would be done deliberately, I don't know, as she carves out her niche. 
um, lets you see when you kind of watch this space. Yeah. It's funny though because with Megan, because obviously she's American and she's lived in Canada, she's not obviously been shopping at Marks and Spencers a lot throughout her life. I think she's she, there all the time. Do <laughs> <laughs> Whereas yeah, when Kate, she loves wore, the pigs, apparently. When Kate wore high street labels um, for public events, you very much felt that this was her the clothes that she'd been shopping for all her life with her yeah. family as a child, as a teenager. And she was seen going in and out yeah. of yeah. shops, yeah, you're right. exactly. Definitely... And this was her bringing a flavour of her ordinary everyday yeah. life to her working life. Whereas with Megan, it's, it does feel a bit different because... You know she's just you know she's just moved here. So has she discovered M and S as her new favourite place to go? So, so how how do the royals end up wearing what they wear? Okay, so um, it, it's obviously planned, and they have um, Kate, for example, has a, a PA a personal assistant who does help with things like her clothes. Um, Natasha Archer is her name. She's often seen photographed. You know when they do tours and there's an entourage picture, they'll be one of her carrying bags of clothes <laughs> usually um, but um what what i understand happens is that lots of designers and stores will send them clothes um, some will send them on spec and some will be invited to send things for them to consider for kate to wear for certain events and then she will go through those clothes or her PA will go through those clothes and they will pick something and when she appears in it that's when she pays for it so she doesn't uh, wear the clothes for free so we believe um, but she is given a lot to look at basically to yeah. decide what I, she wants that's is that your much, understanding? Yeah that's yeah. the understanding I have obviously speaking to press offices for the high street rands that they do send things in maybe that haven't been requested but then I think sometimes maybe if they're asked for a specific item five or six other things will go in the bag in the hope that maybe no, no, that she'll like those as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe she'll wear yeah. those. This and sounds I'm great. Sure I quite she, like to have yeah. people sending me clothes uh, and yeah. picking my outfits for me. That would make yeah. Make getting ready in the morning so much easier, wouldn't it? Someone yeah. But of course, up. for these brands, it's the holy grail. I mean, look at what Kate has done. For you know, She's been an amazing ambassador for the British High Street and for British designers. And look at the Reese success story and the LK Bennett success story. These dresses sell out. They recommission the dresses on the strength of the fact that they know that they're going to sell. And she, she does. Kate has had the power to make or break labels. Names we've never heard of. Suddenly she wears them. Everybody goes to the website. She, you know, she can crash a website in forty-five seconds. Yeah, and she also picks up new labels whenever she visits a new country. When she goes on tour, yeah, um, obviously to you know pay tribute to her host nation. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what she wears in yeah, Sweden she has and Norway. Power yeah. over you know, power and influence over what people will buy, and because she has amazing style and amazing taste, and people buy into that. And because she first, so I've been I've been covering the royals for a while. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been at the Mirror for ten years, longer probably. But um, I can remember, you know, I'd I'd never heard of Erdem, and then she stepped out exactly. in Canada wearing that fabulous Erdem dress. Okay, nod to her host, and I think she might have worn him again on that tour. But he that brand certainly very quickly became one of her go-to core brands, and it, it reappears periodically on other tours or in in um, in outfits in, in for visits in the UK and the same happened on the Australia tour the Roxanda one is the yeah. one that sticks in my mind I'm banana sure dress. <laughs> banana dress oh it's so mean I love that dress I love that she's anyway. made slightly obscure designers household names and the, you, know, you can't put a price on that for designers so and the same with the high street so 
you know, I imagine there are a lot of items being sent over for uh, for Megan right now. Yeah. You <laughs> mentioned the banana dress, which is obviously a bold and yellow, and Kate was out again in a in a bold pink coat this week. Although she's she's worn quite a lot of sort of quite wintry plain stuff, so it was nice to see her out in bright pink and colour, bring, give, yeah. bring a bit of colour in life. But Megan's gone for sort of quite subdued, classy. She's a neutral girl. I find that really interesting, actually, how how many neutrals she's worn. Um, And that was something that I started to think after she had appeared at Sandringham because we'd had the Queen's Lunch where she'd worn, I think, a black outfit and then the engagement pictures, she was wearing creams and black and gold. Um, And then we had Sandringham and it was all brown, varying shades of brown. And then Brixton, again, was neutral. So it's obviously as you say, something that she favours. Well, I think she's sticking true to her style before she stepped into her new role. That's very much how she used to dress. Those colours really suit her because of her colouring. I mean, she looks absolutely beautiful. The camels and all those warm, lovely tones look really good on her. And another thought I had, maybe she is quite scared of being criticised for trying to bring too much attention on herself. Maybe had she stepped out in a really bright outfit at Sandringham, maybe she felt that could have been a bit of a backlash, like, oh, so now it's all about Megan. Mm. So maybe she's just respectfully taking on her role, wearing the clothes that she knows suit her, and not trying to steal too much of the limelight. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think I think I got the sense at Sandringham that actually it was the first time we'd maybe seen her a little bit nervous, and I'm not surprised because it must have been, you know, it was, a, it was a big deal. Yeah. And I think maybe, as you say, she just felt more comfortable not drawing extra attention to herself in colour because she knew she would know that she was going to be the centre of attention anyway so wearing something more subdued perhaps perhaps did help her feel a bit yeah just to show that she was quite modest about but it is it is unusual because i think the royals do tend to wear quite bright colours quite block colours a lot of the time the queen is obviously the biggest example of that she will wear very bold all one colour outfits and that's so that she stands out in the crowds it's a deliberate thing um, and we do see other members of the royal family follow suit as well Kate's pink coat yesterday was an example of that so it'll be interesting to see if as time goes on we see Megan start to take on that a little bit yeah. more um, who knows because people yeah. queue for a long time to see them I'm sure that you know, yeah. in the future maybe she's actually encouraged to wear brighter colours because as you say that, that the whole point is that people are going to see her yeah you can keep track of everything that Megan wears in uh, one of Danielle's mighty masterpieces. If you go to www.mirror.co.uk slash Megan style, all one word, that will take you through to a gallery of all of the outfits she has worn so far. Um, so let us know which one is your favourite. Um, one place where we can probably be reasonably certain of predicting what colour she might wear <laughs> <laughs> is May the 19th, although maybe we can't because she has been married previously yeah. and there was a, so maybe she oh. can't wear white, but not many people, not many brides wear white anymore. It tends to be a shade of white, ivory cream. It wasn't, yeah, ivory Ish. or some, yeah, some kind of, I mean, it's going to be a very traditional wedding. There's been a lot of talk about they want to put their own spin on it and they do, they do want to have individual touches, but this is still an enormous grand royal chapel and the wedding will be you know, carried out by the Archbishop of Canterbury is what we believe. It's going to be a, a, a serious affair and, and her dress will need to rise to that occasion. So what are the expectations of a, a royal wedding dress? Or, a, I mean, I think there's expectations of a church wedding dress generally, you know, not too much cleavage, realistically. You don't want, <laughs> you don't want to embarrass the vicar and it's rude for God. And um, shoulders tend to be covered as yes. well for a, for a 
church wedding. Is there anything else in particular from a royal point of view that you're aware of that would well, come into play? Well, I think what she'll probably want to do, if you look at what royal brides often do, is they include emblems on their dresses. So Kate had um, emblems sewn into her dress. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think, flowers representing different parts of the United yes. Kingdom and the Queen had the same thing. So I think there'll be some kind of nod to the nation and to the role as well as just a, a personal choice. Um, I think the dress has to fit the venue as well, I think. So, so the idea of wearing a really um, sort of small, low-key, slinky sort of thing, I think is more difficult in these venues. It's not, it's not banned or forbidden or out of the question, but just because the venue's so grand and there's so many people, I would, I would think that the dress will be quite big. I mean, if you look at her first wedding dress, it was a beach wedding and it was a very, um, very kind of low-key dress which suited the venue, but I think this will have to... Well, if you look back at transcripts on the Emmanuels when they designed, obviously, Princess Diana's wedding dress, the first thing they said was they looked at the venue. The dress they designed had to fit the sense of occasion. And, okay, it was the 80s. It was always going to be big. There was always going to be some flounce and, you know, the puff sleeve was inevitable. But I think even if it hadn't been the 80s, that was always going to be a huge dress with a really, really impressive train. And I think you're right. Whoever does design Meghan's dress, that's the first thing they're going to have to consider, where the wedding's taking place and this dress has got to fit that sense of occasion. And talking about it being a product of its time, because yes, Diana's dress was so of that time, what are the trends in wedding dresses at the moment then? That... Well, I think Kate Middleton's dress was the abs- was the perfect balance of tradition, but also ma- ma- managing to be modern. It was a kind of neoclassical triumph, if you like. It really did have all those traditional touches with the with the, um, the corsetry and, as you say, the attention to detail with the opening flowers and what they represented, the use of the lace that had been used in um, the Queen's wedding dress. All these, there's such huge attention to detail goes into it. I think as far as trends in wedding dresses go, you can very much look to the royals to set these trends. The Emmanuels were still getting requests for Diana's dress in 2011. They still, people were still on that look. And if you look at Kate Middleton's dress, it was very 50s. There were lots of comparisons made to Princess Grace's dress. So it was, it had a very classic look to it. And I think that's very much been represented in wedding dress trends moving forward. I think what will happen is what Meghan wears will now dictate the wedding trends moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to see her in something, you know, obviously you can't show your shoulders, but I'd love to see her in a sort of Bardo style, very fitted. Um, but whether that will, you know, agree with royal protocol is, is another thing. I don't think there'll be a strict... I think a lot of people always imagine that there are really strict rules. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, there actually aren't. I think it's just common sense, you know. I, I think it's common sense that she's not going to wear something um, probably too revealing yeah. or, or too shocking. I think it will be relatively conservative. But within that, there'll still be plenty of scope for her to choose whatever she wants. I think it'd be interesting to see if she goes for lace or satin or a combination of both because I would guess based on what I've seen of her so far that she would actually go for something more maybe some, maybe more plain more more the satin look rather than the lacy look I can't see her in something yeah. too fussy, too fussy no, and intricate I think it will be something that's very sculpted and for all of one fabric and a very clear clear message yeah. really and also maybe something that that is different to Kate's because even though she she won't be trying perhaps to be different. I think you are going to have perhaps an, an eye on what has been before and wanting to 
wanting to be individual and so I think if she ends up thinking if she ends up getting something that's too close to Kate's she might think actually I want to move away in a different direction and here. she won't yeah. want people to be drawing the comparison no. that's your night- will ultimate be, nightmare really. the, yeah. people will and yeah. I think she will make a conscious decision to wear a dress that, that doesn't encourage that do you think there'll be much um, sort of bling in terms of diamonds on the dress or there's been a lot of discussion about what tiara she might wear I would have thought again she would keep it quite low key I think I agree with you I think the dress will be I'd be very surprised if it wasn't all one fabric and I think maybe then the the kind of the 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 extra will be the jewellery and obviously we're going to talk about the tiara that she could wear I mean that's a whole other conversation and I think that will be that they will be the statement accessories and I think the dress will be very very classic and minimal talk yeah. us through some of the tiara options because i know it's looking at the yes. ones kate's had already um, i don't think it will be anything that kate has worn um you know certainly not the cartier halo or the or the uh, lotus flower um and certainly not the cambridge lovers not um perhaps one of queen mary's russian um is it russian scroll tiara um i think that's quite it, it's obviously you know very uh, blingy but it's quite simple um, and I think if she goes for a satin dress, I think, you know, that will be kind of, that that will be your, you, you know, you're saying about the diamond element of it. That Interesting, be, yeah. actually. Is, is is that decided on first? Is this something that they decide on that because it's, it, it sends such a huge message, that the, the tiara that she wears? Will it actually start with the jewellery and then go down to dre- designing that, the dress? That's interesting. Simultaneously, I think she'll be reaching out in lots of different directions um, to designers, jewellers, um, and at some point she will be invited to go and view these tiaras and, and make a selection, obviously maybe not first time but yeah. she'll be in by to see them I wondered about the Spencer tiara because Kate's never worn that and obviously it's got that really strong link with Diana yeah. and it's quite pretty and not too ostentatious it's got that still reasonably yeah. modern feel we, we've uh, we've been talking quite a lot about the tiaras. We'll we'll find some pictures of them all and post them in our new Facebook group. If you want to join that, if you go to mirror.co.uk/royalfacebook, and then you can see pictures of the of the specific tiaras that we're talking about. Diana wore the Spencer tiara on her wedding day because she was a Spencer and right. she was from an aristocratic family, yeah. and that is what royal that is what brides from the aristocracy would do. But obviously. Um, Megan isn't from the aristocracy and neither was Kate so Kate chose a tiara from the from the Queen's collection to, to get married in and Megan will get the option to do the same but it would be a lovely a lovely token yeah yes. to wear the Spencer tiara yeah. I think it would be a lovely tribute and you know we've mm. already seen that that she's um, got the ring which has the two stones from Diana's collection yes. and William and Harry are continually now and I would say perhaps even more so now that they've openly spoken about their mother at the 20th anniversary of her death they're perhaps more comfortable with bringing her in more and more um, to things that are important to them in their lives so I think that they'll want her to feature symbolically very much in the wedding and the tiara would be one way of doing that yeah particularly as you know the ring was actually left to Prince Harry and he he gave it to William to give to Kate Um, so perhaps you know Will will say oh actually yes you can have the tiara I don't know how much say they get in it and whether the Queen has a lot of say in which tiara Kate will wear I, don't, I think I think I think that that she oh Megan you mean I think that she'll be allowed to choose what what she what she yeah. wants yeah. within reason and from a, from a selection. Um, yeah, the Spencer tiara is 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 quite grand, and it's that constant balance between this is a 
wedding, which is a personal wedding. It's about two people who are very much in love and they want to celebrate that in front of their closest friends and family. But then it is also a royal wedding and he is a member of the royal family and she is marrying into this and they need to satisfy all the demands, um, showing... Um, acknowledging the fact that you know that she, they now represent the country as well and there's a lot of symbols that come with that yeah. um, so I think that that will be something that they'll be constantly trying to manage with every element of, of the day there's obviously a lot of history to look back on as well we've had a look back through some um, royal wedding dresses of the past some winners some some that re- have really dated you can have a look at those mirror.co.uk slash royal brides um, Princess Anne's is an absolute cracker. It looks like something out of Star Wars now. A proper nineteen. I really think the, the Queen's has aged very well, actually. Mm-hmm. I think that, that she looked, that's a very nice dress. Do you know what I suddenly remembered, and I don't know if you remember this, um, when Sarah Ferguson obviously married Andrew, that they had Im- the embroidered S and A into the dress. Yes. Yes. Do you remember that? I had completely mm. forgotten. But it just sounds so awfully horrific now. It's the, the time. Time. Yeah. It's all over again. Really and it didn't last. Touch. So, well, that's yeah. <laughs> a whole other podcast. How long the weddings last? Yeah. But again, in thinking about um, royal weddings setting the trends as well, that looking again back at the the Fergie um, Do you think pictures. there were many people asking for the Fergie dress? Well, you'd be surprised. So I was, a, I was a bridesmaid a couple of years later for an American cousin marrying an American lady, but in they came back to Britain to get married, and she wore this heavily, heavily, heavily beaded dress on the corset. And I thought, oh, maybe this is... Maybe that is a Fergie influence there. She, she had there. shoulder pads. Come on, that wedding dress had shoulder pads. I mean, it was it was so 80s. It was... 80s music, great to dance to on a night out. <laughs> 80s wedding disco, yes. 80s wedding dress, no, no not anymore. Which was your favourite from? So the Queen's, you said, was a favourite. I, I agree. The, the Queen's, Queen's dresses yeah. really withstood the test of time, and it was beautiful. Oh, listen, I love Kate Middleton's dress, Diana's dress. Mm, again, it's just it's, it was a reflection of the 80s, but it was beautiful, and I remember exactly where I was when I watched that wedding, and I remember as a as a young girl thinking I was watching a fairy tale. I'm going to say the Queen Mother, actually, because she didn't wear tiara. It was the 20s. I'm a little bit obsessed with the 20s, and um, it had that drop waist, although the Queen Mother was a little bit more curvy. It didn't quite suit her figure as much, but I just think it's so different from everything else uh, we've seen over the years. So That's really nice. And I really like Princess Margaret's as well. I think you could st- I think you could still get married in Princess Margaret's dress today. Yeah, it's she quite, was a, very yeah. quite a floaty skirt, looks quite sort of But again, cool. she had that freedom, you see, which is why I really have got a lot of hope that Meghan's dress is going to be absolutely amazing because I think she does have the freedom yeah. to be a bit more creative and to come up with something that is a little bit more wow. So who are the designers that might be able to deliver that little well, bit of wow? We've discussed Erdem. I mean, obviously, the sense of occasion, would they would absolutely be able to, to meet that... that that criteria I would like to see her with Victoria Beckham because I think it would be lovely to see her wearing a British designer she's talked about how much she loves Victoria Beckham's designs whether Victoria would have that sense of occasion she, she does wedding dresses she, she they have been mm. wedding, one or two wedding dresses as part of her um, catwalk collection but okay. it's not something she's known for so mm. which but then Charles Deacon 
absolutely incredible British couturier who would absolutely be able to create something that would have the, the sense of occasion and the theatre. I'd love to see her You've wear one of those. You've just reminded me about Bruce Oldfield as well. Bruce Where's Oldfield. he gone? Because he was a big front runner for the Kate wedding, yeah. and then it just kind of kind of slipped off. And actually, Kate doesn't really wear him ever, does she? No. It's it's Camilla. Camilla, Camilla yeah. is a is a big fan. I um, think she's going to go for someone younger. I really may, do. Yeah. I just can't see her going for that kind of old establishment I think I think she does have freedom but I still would be surprised if she went for anyone that wasn't a British or Canadian designer because that's going to be there's only a few things a few elements of the day that are going to be constantly talked about forever and the dress is one of them and I think if it wasn't a British or I think Canadian she could get away with because of the Commonwealth link and because of her link but I I think that probably that symbol I think is probably quite important that she has a British or Canadian designer Mm. Because obviously, as uh, Roland Moray as well, which she's you know she's very good friends with the designer. She's worn a lot of his dresses over the years, but he's French, so yes, that, that probably completely out of the running. Watch oh, well. this face! Watch this face! Lots to look forward to. Uh, it will be fabulous, I'm sure. Whatever oh, it, it is, will be, yeah. And it will just be, I think, one of those moments like where I just remember when when Kate stepped out of that car, and you just everything that you'd been thinking about and talking about for so long you could actually see it and I think by the time it gets around to the wedding day we will just be so desperate to see what she's wearing and it will just be this amazing relief it's amazing though that they've always managed to keep it a secret Mm. Well, the designer, because I always people say this, and I always dispute that because the Sunday Times did have a story saying that it was going to be um, McQueen. Okay. Yeah, um, and so I, Sarah Burton was the story that they had, and and so, but it kind of they kind of managed to kind of. St- not allow it to linger so people thought oh that's one suggestion but maybe it isn't but yeah. but they they did they, they did, did have, the, have story. the story yeah a few few weeks before oh keep your eyes peeled and we will bring you the rumors here let's have a quick um trot through the rest of the royal news this week um there's been some rumors about what may or may not be harry's stag do and potentially a hag do as well there's a there's a report in one of the sunday papers that some of his royal protection officers might have been spotted in verbier on a recce and that he might want to go there wow that's a really niche spot (laughs) (laughs) so so prince andrew's got a chalet there so from that point of view it makes sense we know the royals enjoy their skiing um good opportunities for some apres ski as well um who knows we will see nearer the time Hopefully, but um, and also a suggestion that there might be a hag do, which is a uh, stag and hen do combined at a polo match. But that just sounds like a load of friends getting together for a polo Doesn't match. Doesn't sound like the yeah. real thing. Yeah, yeah. do that any But I think that's one thing actually that that you know Harry and Meghan they they are kind of integrated into each other's friendship groups and they do have similar friends and it's something that's quite a modern thing to do and they are quite a modern couple so I wouldn't put it past them. Um, some. Uh, more difficult news for the royal family last week or certainly for Camilla's family so Tom Parker Bowles, her son and his wife Sarah have sadly separated Um, the one thing that we do recommend that you look out for over the next few weeks if you've got access to BBC Worldwide we expect it will be on there or if you're in the UK then on BBC iPlayer the documentary about the Queen oh it's so amazing it's absolutely brilliant um it's a, it's a series of documentaries about the uh, commissioned um, the BBC and Royal Collection are doing a partnership and obviously the Royal Collection is um, all of the artefacts which include the crown jewels and this first um, 
uh, programme focuses on the crown jewels and the role that they play in the coronation. And just seeing the Queen in that setting is absolutely fascinating. And she was, well, not interviewed, but she was in conversation with Alistair Bruce. And he was given an hour and a half with her and they were sitting, chatting on camera. And you see so much of her personality and it really is fascinating to to just see the way that she talks, the way that she interacts, she's very funny. She's very um, blunt and just, you can tell that she's completely being herself. And seeing her looking at these crown jewels and you know, she's worn them so many times and she's kind of poking the crowns and you know, these priceless things. And I, I, would, I would very much recommend it because we don't, we don't get to see the queen very often up close and we certainly don't get to hear her speaking so frankly so it is it's a pretty unique window um thank you for that one uh, there's a new book an unauthorized biography of charles set to come out in april i think march march um which is yeah march time depending what's in it could be tricky timing because we've talked before about the again in the review of the year the impact that the anniversary of diana's death had on charles and camilla and their public perception the whole generation of people who probably don't actually know the backstory and know the the finite detail which we all got to know of what went on at the time exactly and what polling was showing over the summer was that because this story which doesn't show charles in a very good light was being uh, people were being reminded of it or it was being retold for a whole new audience that was having a, a negative effect on his popularity ratings and on camilla's popularity ratings and of course time has been a healer for them and people have uh forgotten really a lot of the negative feelings that they had about him and Diana separating and have really accepted Camilla and accepted Charles and they've enjoyed a lot of popularity and so it was interesting to see that blip. I think it was a blip though, I, I don't think that that has had a lasting effect, you're not really hearing now people talking negatively about Charles in the way that they were over the summer a little bit. So, um, but the, again, I mean this book, I think some of the book might be quite sympathetic really, um, but, but equally I think, you know, Charles and his household would clearly rather that that it, it, nothing was probed and nothing was raked over. Because yeah. um, these things can have yes. you know, a big influence yeah. on people's opinion, I mean, as we've seen. So yeah. let's hope there's nothing too damning in there. Exactly, and it's yeah. in the middle of a what it what will be a, a celebratory time for the royals. They'll be in the spotlight for the baby and the wedding, and I think they would much rather that that's what the focus stayed on, not not this book. I was only seven when Diana passed away, so I don't remember obviously any of the you know the you know the happy days and the days in between and when all of these stories come out last summer I was actually quite shocked by some of the things that came out and I never knew some of it so yeah you've got that completely new audience that are and, completely and unaware Has it changed yeah. your opinion? Of, of... Mm. <laughs> a bit <laughs> A bit, yeah I think the difference is is that a lot of people who are older they were emotionally attached to Diana yeah. and yeah. they lived through and felt that emotional bond with her which is very difficult to feel from hearing the stories retrospectively so even though you may think more negatively of Charles in a fleeting moment does that actually stay with you as a kind of gut reaction for for a lasting period of time probably not so we'll see it's the the book's (laughs) written by Tom Bauer who wrote um, he's written various unauthorised biographies including the one of uh, Simon Cowell which revealed his affair with Danny Minogue, which was quite <laughs> scandalous. So um, we'll see what whether he's managed to unearth any new interesting things or whether it's a lot about talking to plants. Um, <laughs> Kate and William have been out yesterday in Coventry. Victoria yeah, was, there. was there. Kate's out on a couple more visits 
today and then tomorrow Harry and Meghan will be going to Cardiff great opportunity for Meghan to wear red maybe yeah. colour of Wales yeah possibly not though because of Kate wearing a red Bowden coat today so oh really yes wow <laughs> so that might be yeah it might be a deliberate you know you might see in more mm, neutrals yeah well, there's obviously a lot of links with the royals well and Harry particularly and and Wales, Wales. Mm. yeah I mean I think we're going to see them travel around the whole of the country of course Meghan needs to get to know the UK and the people need to get to know her uh, so I would, wouldn't be surprised if we saw visits to Scotland and perhaps Northern Ireland before they get married um, and obviously Wales is very important there's strong links between the royals Prince Charles goes there every year um, carries out visits there every year the royal family are um, frequently found in Wales um, so I um I think it, this this is makes sense that they've chosen to go there so soon. I don't know how they're getting there, but I hope they're going down the M4 and over the Seven Bridge. And Megan, make sure you look out of the <laughs> Not window. Not a chance. I think they'll be going on helicopter. My helicopter. Oh, she's totally missing out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last week we asked you to email in and let us know where you thought um, Harry and Megan should go to, as she gets introduced to the country. And Nicole Barker kindly wrote in her suggestion she's a big Kate fan she's 16 um, she started getting interested in the royals after Charlotte was born and she lives up in Sheffield in the north um, so she says the thing that is so annoying about being a royal fan who lives in Sheffield is that they don't come up north very often and if they do it's Leeds and Manchester and places like that anywhere but Sheffield it seems I do hope that they plan on doing more northern engagements because especially with them always being in the week and rarely in the school holidays, it's quite hard to see them. So. Oh, Sheffield is a great night out. <laughs> Go, definitely. So we'll see where they end up going over the next few that weeks. That was a really lovely email. Thank you yes. so much. It was really nice to hear from people who are listening. So so do, yeah, do get in touch with any questions that you might want answered about the wedding or anything else to do with the royal family and we'll do our best to discuss them. Or if you've got any comments, uh, subscribe to the podcast so that you can find out uh, whether you're featured and to hear the latest in the run-up to the royal wedding and the rest of the royal family news and if you've enjoyed the show then please do leave us a rating and a review on iTunes we'd be very grateful for that next week we'll be talking all about the Cardiff visit Victoria will be heading off to Cardiff to see Harry and Meghan by helicopter home ah I wish. <laughs> so we will be dissecting that, the outfit, the reaction that happened there and the people that they met and what was said. Um, but in the meantime... Pod save the Queen! 